0: What is up, everybody? Welcome into a live special episode of Flippin' Bats sponsored by Taco Bell. What a day in the Major League Baseball Playoffs. Two, the story of today's games is two incredible swing momentum games. Earlier, a game I was at, Dodgers Braves, massive. A massive swing game for the Dodgers we'll get to that one in a little while but the one that just finished up the Houston Astros take down the Boston Red Sox in what turned out to be blowout fashion but it was absolutely not a blowout game Bregman gets it started early early blast and then very quickly very quickly Zach Ranke, who the Astros have continually not wanted to start who was forced into a start, ends up starting this game, giving up a home run in the first inning, 2-1. to one, And then it kind of stayed that way for a long time. Very low-scoring game. Jose Altuve with the big blast late in the game to tie it up. This game was intense from start to finish. Look, we, we all know what was on the line here. This game almost felt like if the Red Sox won this game, could have been lights out. The Astros might not even go on back home. But now... Altuve hits that home run late in the game. The ninth inning comes up. This is where it got really interesting for me, is in the ninth inning of this game we just watched. Nate Eovaldi comes in to pitch for the Red Sox. It's the, the ace up their sleeve, it, literally the ace up their sleeve. He's the ace of the staff. He's the guy to go to on the mound. He's, their, you know, he's the guy that when he starts games, you look for them to win. Well, they brought him in out of the bullpen. Dave, um, Alex Cora said the other day, we, we have him available in the bullpen. We're going to use him. So we see him warming up out there in the, top, in the bottom of the eighth. And guess what? He comes in, immediately leadoff double from Correa, who, who I think should have been on third base, by the way, but wasn't, wasn't running super hard. Ends up on second, and then Ivaldi absolutely locks in. He looks dominant, like nobody's touching him. So who comes up? Who's the hero? Jason Castro. That's right, Jason Castro, the hero of this night, in my opinion, comes up, Ivaldi's locked in, and, and it I almost feels like, OK, this is the nine batter, it's Castro, Ivaldi's absolutely dealing. What's going to, what, can, can he get this done? Because it certainly didn't feel like it. And then we saw that backdoor curveball from Ivaldi that was not called a strike and then he ends up shooting the ball into the open hole, runs, scores, and then the floodgates open. The floodgates opened up from there, but that was the at-bat of the game. And and a lot of people want to talk about this strike call. I I want to talk about this for a second. Um, Ivaldi throws a pitch in a 1-2 count that would have ended the inning if it was called a strike. It clips the top right of the strike zone. Now, look. I, I've been critical of the umpires throughout the playoffs, and 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 especially tonight, they weren't great on both sides. But let's talk about that pitch in particular. It's a curveball that starts up and away and catches the top right of the zone. Technically, in this K zone, yes. But that pitch is called a strike roughly five percent of the time. Um, you know, as a as a hitter myself, I, these pitches aren't often called. Um, so. I don't make too big of a deal of that call. What what ended up happening after that, uh, Castro gets it done in an an incredible at-bat, truly an incredible at-bat and super clutch. This guy isn't, he wasn't even, he's not even the guy, one of the guys on this team. From one through seven in this lineup, you expect those guys to get it done. Jason Castro gets it done tonight in an incredible, incredible game. The Astros needed this. If the Astros didn't win this game, it was going to be lights out. It was going to be lights out. Jason Castro clutched, two out, RBI knock, drives in Carlos Correa, who had doubled. Two out, RBI knock with a runner and scoring position. The theme of the night. That is the difference in this game. The Red Sox had so many opportunities to score runs. What did they do? They didn't cash in on a single one with runners in scoring position. 0 for 9 on the night with 11 base runners left on base. That's the story of this game. That right there, that makes all the difference in the world. If you can even come through on one of those or two of those, then you're going into the ninth with a lead. And then then it's all, all bets are off. Who knows what happens? But that's the story of this night. Jason Castro gets the knock. The Red Sox didn't get that big night all night. Didn't get that big knock all night long. So my player of the game in this game was absolutely Jason Castro. You can point to a, a number of players. If I could pick a group of players in itself, it would be that Astros bullpen that, that locked it down tonight from from the first inning on. Miraculous out of the, out of every single guy that came in tonight. But I don't look at Altuve who tied the game with a bomb over the monster. The bat that changed the course of this game and potentially the course of this season and this series for the Astros was Jason Castro in that ninth inning two-out knock. It led to everything that transpired from there. It led to them tacking on and ending up scoring seven runs in that ninth inning. Seven runs in the ninth inning, all thanks to Jason Castro in that clutch two-out knock what an exciting, what an exciting game from start to finish. This is this is this is October baseball, man. I recently listed Fenway Park as my top playoff atmosphere in all of baseball, and we saw it tonight. We've been seeing it over the course of the last couple of nights. Tonight, last night in that game, this place is special. It's magical in the playoffs, and 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 we saw that tonight. And and. Kudos to the Astros for battling through for Jason Castro, getting that huge two-out knock and putting the Astros on top and evening up this series two to two, guaranteeing that the Astros now go back home. So no matter what happens tomorrow, it is guaranteed an off day and then at least a game six in Houston. So uh, every day I ask you guys when we do these live shows to send in some questions and we'll answer them on the show. So let's take a look at some of the questions that you guys asked uh, today. First one comes from Ahan. Ben Verlander, twofold. ALCS MVP through four games, uh, and a different name who could be a sleeper to step up and win it once the series is over. Ooh, I like that. Okay. ALCS MVP so far. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with J.D. Martinez to this point. Um, what he did, you know, obviously starting off that game two with a grand slam is huge. But what he, he's consistently been the guy in this lineup that when he comes up, you feel like he's going to do damage. And not only do you feel like he's going to do damage, he has been. He's been incredible in this series. He, he's a guy that when he comes up, um, you're, you're, not, you're not excited about it. And that's what I look for. When I think of uh, an ALCS MVP, a series MVP, it's somebody that is, dominating. And, you know, Kike Hernandez was that in the ALDS. He even started this series off hot. But JD Martinez makes this lineup go. He makes it extremely dynamic. So uh, he would be my answer for that question. And a different name who could be a sleeper to step up and win it once this series is over. That's a tough one. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I would say sleeper, here because it's obviously a very well-known name and in my opinion one of the most underrated players in baseball. But I think Xander Bogarts, as he did tonight with that two-run bomb early needs to needs to step up and and make this team go. He hasn't been I think he's one of the best shortstops in all of baseball along with the guy on the other side of the field. I think he needs I, I think he needs to be that guy. I think he needs to step up and and be that guy like he was tonight with that two-run bomb and and that is the type of player he is he's an offensive he's an offensive shortstop and this lineup has been killing it with guys like kike with guys like jd with guys like devers who are clearly injured he needs to be that guy so he's one that i look at for the red sox once this series is over he could be a huge difference maker in this series so thank you for that question let's check out the next one this one comes from william how can an ump call everything slightly outside a strike all night, and then when a pitch dots the outside corner, now all of a sudden it's a ball? Yeah, that's a good question, William. So this is this is kind of we could go we could have a whole entire episode on umpires. We really could. Um, but look, I, I I'm also not in the camp of wanting robot robo umpires. I don't, I don't want that. I I like the human element to it. But what I think needs to happen is umpires need to start being held accountable. And, um, you know, as a player, myself, when I do something wrong, when I don't do my job well, I have repercussions for that. I'm punished for that, whether that be sitting the bench the next day or getting released and never playing again. Umpires right now don't seem to have that. Not don't seem to, they don't. And I think that's a big problem. You know, well, L- 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 Laz Diaz was behind the plate tonight. He wasn't good on both sides. It was really bad. And, and you look at the numbers coming into this year, he's one of the worst umpires behind the plate. So I, do I blame Laz L- L- Diaz? No, this is him. But I think we need to start making umpires held accountable. But to answer your question in particular, why can you ca- uh, call pitches all night that are slightly outside, You know, that's one of the most—that's one one thing that's changed over the years. You look at pitchers in the past, Greg Maddox, guys that just dot that outside corner. It's it's tough to call those. Like you know, umpires have been doing it. We we have the benefit of a of a of a box on the screen that tells us in real time what is a strike and what isn't. These umpires in the game don't have that, so we're the we're the we're the perfect coach. In hindsight, we, we get hindsight immediately. We know what's going on. We know it's a strike or not. That call inches off the plate, an inch, two inches off the plate is called 50% of the time, I'd say, honestly. But then I kind of touched on this earlier. That call you're talking about, the top right of the zone from Ivaldi. did it technically clip the strike zone? Yeah. But I, that, call, that call right there is called maybe 5%, 10% of the time. It's an up and away curveball that starts up in a way and, and comes back and catches that corner, that's, that's never going to be called a strike. And, and if you watch many games, it hardly ever is. So this game in particular is a big talking point because of how crucial of a call it was. But this call is hardly ever made. And, and like I said, Las Diaz behind the plate doesn't have the benefit of having that box, of knowing when a pitch clips that dot up in the top right corner. He doesn't have that. Um, but, yeah, that pitch, look, if if they had, the, if we had the strike zone now, if we had robo-umpires when, when I was playing, that, that pitch that's two inches off the plate is called a strike 50% of the time. It just looks good because catchers are so good behind the plate, catching it and making it look like a strike. There's an art to that. There really is an art to that. Uh, you just catch it pull it back a little bit, and it looks like a strike. And there's really nothing they they can do. To them, it looks like a strike. But that's a good question. That's a really good question. And what I would like to see from this is just umpires being held more accountable and almost having like a grade system throughout the season. And the best umpires are the ones that that ump behind home plate in in the postseason. Why is that so hard? I like that idea. Next question. Let's see what we got. This one comes from Surge. Red Sox pitching kept them quiet. But the experience is showing tonight. Correa, Brantley, Altuve, all coming in clutch. Yeah, that was a big factor for me in this series. Was was the experience of the Astros? Honestly, I, I've said it before, but Altuve, Bregman, Correa, and Gurriel have played in more postseason games than any other four teammates in the history of this sport. In history, that's crazy. Um, and, and that was a big factor in this for me, was that experience. Was this team that has embraced the villain role going into, going into the, the best atmosphere in all of the playoffs? You know? That's a big factor here. You know, they're, they're used to this. They're used to being on the road. And then with everything that happened in the past, they're used to being booed. They, they thrive on it. You see guys like Correa time and time again thrive on it, on Altuve. Thriving on it this year. It's experience, and it's making a big deal, di- a big difference. And I think tonight it, it showed. It really did, with Altuve coming in clutch and Correa starting off that last inning, coming up clutch as well. Let's check out the next question. This one comes from Jim, wondering how much confidence Red Sox fans have in Chris Sale to win critical Game Five for them. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I don't think, I don't think Red Sox fans have the Um, utmost confidence in Chris Sale right now. I don't think anybody does. I don't think Chris Sale has the most confidence in the world right now. But Chris Sale's last start was all you could ask for. You know, Chris Sale's stuff is clearly there. He's not so far removed from having Tommy John surgery, which is a total reconstruction of your elbow. And he's now back after not throwing that many games with good stuff, the, the last thing that comes back is your command. So his stuff is there, which makes him extremely valuable in the playoffs. So he's a guy that, that you, you can't ask for more than what he did the other day, a guy that Alex Cora can send out and and get what he got, a few innings, nasty stuff. If he has it, great, let him go three innings or more if he if he can, but if not, have him go an inning, and he's done. He's not that. We're looking at Chris Sale as, as Chris Sale of, of the prime before Tommy John. He's not that guy, and we shouldn't expect him to be that guy. Like I said, he's a few months removed from Tommy John surgery. We shouldn't expect him to go out and throw five, six innings in the playoffs and shut down the Astros. All you want, all you want is a guy to go out and throw two, Three innings um, and 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 get you through that. So thank you for that question as well. Next question. Oh, that was the last question. All right, moving on to the other game. I was at this game, by the way, Braves and the Dodgers. Holy moly, this <laughs> this game was incredible. All right, let's start. Let's start at the beginning of this game. Early in the game, Corey Seager comes up, hits a bomb, just like game two, right? Mookie Betts gets on, Corey Seager hits a bomb, immediately 2-0. And then it doesn't take long, the Braves chip away, chip into that, it becomes a 2-2 ball game, and then Walker Buehler, in what was one of the most unfortunate innings ever, in my opinion, (laughs) just couldn't get out of it. But you look at that inning, and, and you have a guy get on first base. Then you have Austin Riley, who's hotter than any anybody right now, just as hot as anybody, um, come up and hit an absolute bomb almost to center field, takes the center fielder all the way back, Gavin Lux. He gets to the wall, and he has a play on it, and he botches it. He botches it so you have second and third, nobody out. And then he has Jock Peterson come up, who he theoretically would have struck out. Great pitch right on the corner, not called. Jock Peterson immediately gets a hit. Those two runs score, and then kind of the wheels fell off for Walker. He started walking a few guys, um, and then he wasn't able to get out of that inning. But that that inning was crazy, and the Braves go up 5-2, and then they kind of shut down the the Dodgers for the rest of the game. And it just felt like – it honestly felt like the series was over. In the stands. I was I was out and I was kind of all around, but out there in the bleachers, just right in the thick of it. And there was no energy, dead. It almost felt like this series was over until the eighth inning. When you get a runner on and then you get a big hit up the middle. So nobody out. Cody Bellinger comes up who has struggled all year long. And when I tell you this place erupted. Cody Bellinger hits a three-run bomb, and it was nuts. Beer was being thrown everywhere. Everyone was high-fiving each other that didn't even know each other. It was really, really loud. It was, honestly, it was so impressive. It was one of the coolest playoff games that I've gotten to experience, and it was because of that eighth-inning home run with Cody Bellinger, who Look, hats off to him. He comes up in a huge situation. And it's one of those situations in a playoff game where the crowd can feel it. It's first and second, nobody out. The crowd starts getting into it. There's a little buzz. People get their phones out. They start, they start recording. Can something happen here? And it often feels like when you get those moments, it always ends with a, ah. Oh. But not this one. When everybody was watching, when all the cameras were on them, when everything was rolling. Cody Bellinger takes two huge hacks, misses them both by a lot, and then hits a bomb. And the place just erupted. It was it was honestly incredible. And then and then they end up that that ties it. And then who else? Who else on the Dodgers? Mookie Betts comes up with a runner on base, drives him in. Mookie has been in the playoffs playoff Mookie is just a different different beast. He is incredible. The place was rolling. Mookie drives in the go-ahead run to make it 6-5. And that was the ball game. That was the go-ahead run. Mookie bets with the big clutch knock, changing the series in my opinion. This was 2-0 Braves. Five outs away from being 3-0 Braves in the series. And the Dodgers would have needed to win four in a row. They were five outs away. They were dead now. Nobody was on base. Nothing was happening. The Braves' bullpen has been lights out. This was huge. Mookie Betts, Cody Bellinger. Who else? Who else for the Dodgers? What Cody Bellinger has done in the, po- in the playoffs, and especially tonight, it- it's special. And, and you feel for him. He's had such a bad year all year long. But when the lights are the brightest, he doesn't care. He gets it done. Cody Bellinger stepped up when the Dodgers needed him the most, when the Dodgers' season was on the line, and he saved the day. That's what the former MVP does: saves the day. And he saved the day tonight. It was it was so cool being there. It was honestly just. Electric there's no other word to describe it than electric. So now this series is 2 to 1 Now the the momentum shifts it it felt like this series was over now it almost starts to feel like All right, the Dodgers certainly have the momentum here. They have two more games at home. I Don't know I I almost feel it almost feels like this series now is is tied. It's not the Braves still have a 2-1 lead But this was such a big swing game. Both of these games tonight were such big swing games. So kudos to the the Dodgers for getting that done tonight, and especially to my player of the game in tonight's game, Cody Bellinger. Who else? You know, Cody Bellinger, who has two of the biggest hits for the Dodgers this October, has two multi-RBI games this postseason after having just one in the final 40 games. Of the regular season, his six playoff RBIs are more than he had over his final 29 regular season games, which was five. He is tonight's player of the game. The MVP showed up. The former MVP showed up in tonight's game when the Dodgers needed it the most. He's turned a corner, man. This Dodgers team needs him. They need him. So now we head into the, the rest of this series. Well, you look ahead to tomorrow? Tomorrow's a bullpen game. The Dodgers could come out and score 10 runs tomorrow. And, and obviously vice versa. And It's not a dominant pitching matchup in either direction. This was supposed to be Julio Urias's game. But obviously now he can't pitch. You know, that brings me to another point. What we're starting to see from managers in the playoffs with bringing in guys, and by guys, I mean starting pitching studs. Bringing them in to throw one inning on their bullpen day, in theory, is, is great. But it's it's not working out. You look at Julio Urias the other night, who blew the game in Atlanta. You look at Nate Eovaldi tonight in the ninth inning, who gives it up. These guys are, are, are starters for a reason. Julio Urias was the only 20-game winner in all of Major League Baseball this year, and you're going to bring him out of the pen again? And when he's expected to start game four, like, I get it's a must-win, but, like, your bullpen has been dominant. What we're seeing with these starting pitchers coming in out of the bullpen is really kind of backfiring now because it's not meant to happen. You can get away with it a couple times, and, and, and obviously it works sometimes. But when it doesn't, it really sets you up poorly for, the, for future games. Look at tonight, now Nate Evaldi's not going to be ready for game five, which he was originally said, yeah, he's going to throw game five. He was available for an inning last night. Had he thrown last night, he would have been ready for game five. But now he throws tonight, he blows the game, and now he's not ready for game five. So what we're seeing out of these managers in the playoffs is a little bit of pushing that panic button. And it's coming back to cost some of these teams. But tomorrow, in the Dodgers-Braves game, we're going to get a bullpen game. And, and who knows? The Dodgers could easily win that, tie up the series. Then all the, mo- all the momentum right now is on their side from one swing of the bat, and that's from tonight's player of the game, Cody Bellinger. Dodgers win, come back in the series, 2-1 now, new game tomorrow, primetime game tomorrow night. The Dodgers now get that play- the game tomorrow night at their home. The place will be rocking. Man, this is going to be fun. NLCS Game 4, Dodgers Stadium, like I said, I was there today. The game started at 2 o'clock. So first pitch, half the stadium's full. Not everybody's there to the seventh inning. Tomorrow night, when the game starts late, when it's a night game, when the sun goes down, this place is gonna be rocking. Man, it's gonna be sick. I'm excited for that game tomorrow. What the Braves have to do is they have to come out and score early, which they've been pretty good at doing, but the Dodgers have been the team the last few days of getting that first run. First runs, honestly, Corey Seager has been that guy to put two on the board quickly. The Braves need to come out and stop the momentum immediately. It's a bullpen day. Nobody's relying on anybody. You need to come out and set the tone if you're the Atlanta Braves. If you're the Dodgers, you got to come out, you got to get a shutdown inning in that first and then you got to put up runs. It's so important to just throw off the plan in these bullpen games. That's what happens. When when you're managing these games, you have a plan, a plan of attack. Okay, we have so-and-so here. We have so-and-so in the fourth. We have so-and-so in the sixth. We have so-and-so in the seventh, eighth, and ninth. What these teams have to do tomorrow is throw somebody off of that game plan. That's going to be big. So look for whoever scores first, whoever puts up a crooked number first. That's going to be huge. Tomorrow's going to be a fun game because we get to see the managers manage. You know, I've been, I was critical of, of Dave Roberts the other day and, and, and the way he handled the bullpen. Tomorrow's gonna be big. It's gonna be a big battle of these managers Brian Snitker, Dave Roberts, bullpens. Crucial, crucial game tomorrow. NLCS game four tomorrow night in primetime. What a series this has turned out to be. Two great series we're getting right now, but let's stick with this series and some of the questions we have from you guys in regards to this game today and this series. First one comes from Steph at Ben Verlander, Flippin' Bats, and MLB on Fox. With the Dodgers bats finally waking up in the eighth inning, do you think this will give them the confidence going into game four and more? Short answer, yes. Absolutely. This gives them huge momentum. Um, and, and that's why I say it's crucial for the, for the Braves to come out and stop it. For the Braves to come out and score early. This whole series, honestly most of the playoffs, has been, has been where are the Dodgers' bats? Where are their bats? They're missing Max Muncy. Clearly that's a big factor for them. But where's everybody else? Where are the Turners? Where's Justin Turner? Where's Trey Turner? Hitting is all about momentum. It's all about when your team is hot, you stay hot. So what they did tonight in the eighth inning, winning that game, turning all the momentum, yeah, we might see him come out quick tomorrow. You know, I wouldn't be surprised to see tomorrow's lineup come out and Cody Bellinger be knocked up that lineup a little bit. He's starting to heat up. I don't think we're going to be – I think the days of seeing him in that, uh, you know, eight hole are done. But absolutely, tonight, that eighth inning was big, 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 big for those bats. Hitting is contagious, as the saying goes. But, but it's true. You know, you hear it all the time. What does that mean, hitting is contagious? Well, let me tell you. I played baseball for a long time, and when, and when you start seeing guys getting hits in front of you, it just it makes your confidence higher. It's hard to explain, but hitting really is contagious on your own team. And on the other side, that pitcher loses confidence. Your team and your hitters and yourself, you gain confidence. It goes in the opposite direction. You can feel it. That's what they say. That's what they mean by hitting is contagious. And and this eighth inning tonight, hitting became contagious. You saw it. The big knock, Cody Bellinger gets the homer, then another knock, then Mookie with the big hit. It became contagious. So tomorrow, let's look for that. Let's look in that first inning. That's going to be a big one, that first inning tomorrow. Can the Braves score and stop that momentum? Or do the Dodgers score and keep that momentum going? So thanks for that question. Let's get the next one. This one comes from Brian. Can we all just hope that the Dodgers can put up a decent run total two games in a row? Isn't that the hope in all of postseason baseball? (laughs) Can't the Dodgers just put up a great run total? Can't the Astros just come out and put up nine again? That's what everybody wants. Can't the, can't the Red Sox just hit more grand slams? But that's not, that's not baseball. So what Brian Snitker's job tomorrow is is to stop the momentum, is to slow that down. You can't expect to put up all these runs every single game, but what I will say is hitting is contagious. So watch out tomorrow. The the Dodgers might come out blazing hot. Thanks for that question. Let's hit the next one. This one comes from Eugene. Braves losing the way they did to L.A. stings more than how the Red Sox lost to Houston. Question becomes, will it become more costly for one or both? A Dodgers-Astros series would be insufferable. Um, Yeah, it's kind of, you know... I agree with you. The way the, the way the Braves lost today was, in, in my opinion, more, more heartbreaking because you have You have the game won. You're five outs away from going up 3-0 on a series and it feeling like a sweep is coming. Um, so to have that big eighth inning when you rely on your bullpen that has been so lights out to blow it, what, that's a heartbreaking loss. Then you look at the other series. This has been, this game tonight was just a great baseball game, to be honest with you. Edgier seat, 2-2 ball game most of the night. You knew somebody was going to pull it out. You just didn't know who. It ends up being the Astros getting that huge hit from Castro, and then they pile on. But definitely a less heartbreaking loss, if you will, in my opinion. But look, a Dodgers-Astros series, I, I disagree with you there on it being insufferable. I think it's what the baseball world needs. I think it's, I, I think it's a, a team that's hated against you know, you know, the Los Angeles Dodgers. This, entertainment-wise, would be incredible. There's so many storylines. Obviously, the 2017 World Series. Then you have Joe Kelly and Carlos Correa and what their back and forth is. The tensions would be high. The tensions and the energy in the stadium would be electric. And it would just be a really cool series, in my opinion. But speaking of electric, that game tonight, being there, experiencing that in person was (laughs) honestly really, really incredible. Two great games today that I was I'm pumped to be able to bring this to you live in a little post-game live show brought to you by Taco Bell. This has been a lot of fun. Thank all of you that have listened and, and come hang out. Most, you know, a lot of times we do these after the after the game shows so keep checking out my Twitter. Keep making sure when I go live you're a part of this. Check out Flippin' Bats Pod wherever you listen to your podcast. Thanks for joining me. Let's do it all again tomorrow. Those games should be a blast. We will see you next time.